0: Are you starting?
1: No, you're starting. Oh, you dickhead, you said you were starting, you fuckwit. Fuck off, start again. <laughs> uh, let's do the intro again. Wait
0: wait wait, 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 don't, don't click and broadcast. You will need nah. to create a whole new thing. It's already recording, yeah. it's already recording, just start again. All right, We can keep this bye, part man. out.
2: Hold on, Mo's got something.
1: Mo's got something to say.
2: Does he? Yeah, you yeah, just start. Start now as is. Yeah, yeah. I will get the file. Yeah, just, I'll actually get the <laughs> intro from a different place. I'll put it in. Just, just, just. just let's just do it now. Ah. <laughs> just start. <laughs> but then give us, give me like if whoever is going to start. Give me like a pause, and then slowly get in. So I will I like I'll cut it with like a you know like a the comment. So you don't want other.
3: me to play the intro again?
2: No, 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 no. Wouldn't be to no. play is the intro, play intro and go from
0: there? What he's saying is play the intro, but when the intro finishes, give it like a second and a half before you like start to speak. Okay. So I can. Like, no, no, it does,
2: you yeah. don't have to play the intro again. I can actually plug the intro in Camtasia easy from the beginning. It's easy if I have the source file of this intro. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start, Bruno, okay? Okay. You know, Bruno, Bruno, start the intro. Do
1: whatever you want. Just just do it. Let's do it. No, 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 Bruno. I'm going to start the thing. Do, do, what? I'm going to start talking first, Okay.
3: All right, I'll 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 hit the intro and you start talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 we've got we've got eighteen seconds, so (laughs) I'm ready up.
1: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening, everyone. Wherever you are joining us from all over the world, welcome to Football Worldwide and to our first episode of European Weekly Catch-Up. My name is Jonathan. We're here with my beautiful co-host, Bruno. Bruno, how are you this afternoon?
3: Mate, I am excited. Um, You know, first episode of Football Worldwide. It's been a beautiful journey, you know. It's It's a dream come true, you know. We've been working so hard Um, with the team trying to get this off the ground. And, you know, what, we finally got there. So, look, guys, uh, we've got a beautiful jam-packed show for you today. We're covering all um, five leagues. But, you know what, Jonah, I'm just going to give the viewers and the fans an idea of what Football Worldwide is all about. So, basically, Football Worldwide is an idea that started with a bunch of football fans. And, essentially, we want to bring the best football content to you. Um, We'll be starting off with three weekly shows um, with each match day. Everything EPL, run by our EPL specialist, Mo, um, who you'll be meeting later on in the show. Um, that will be covering everything to do with the English Premier League. 30 Roundtable, hosted by um, Interworldwide's Anthony. So you would have seen him around um, and he will be making a special appearance today as well. Um, and then European Weekly Catch-Up, where we will be covering everything Europe from the top five leagues. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Jono, what's first on the list?
1: Well, first on the list, we would have to be starting this weekend, is the French League 1. So, I'm um, going straight into it. Um, last year's champions, Lille, and uh, off their f- fresh win yesterday's game over PSG, and winning their Champions Trophy, Um what do we say mate what a what an interesting uh off season it's been for the french league especially psg so they've made some massive transfers and geez have that have they spent some money into trying to you know make themselves a european force to be able to go further in the champions league of course but um they got it it all starts this weekend so what do you reckon bruno where do you where do you think it's um what's going to happen in the french league
3: Yeah, look, um, if you look at the – so below we've got the fixtures for the week um, occurring. So you'll be able to see um, I can't see any of last season's top four um, really facing much of a challenge. Um, Monaco take on um, Nantes. um, PSG take on newly promoted uh, Troyes. um, And then you have uh, Lille who will be um, taking on Mets, followed by, uh, who came forth? Lyon. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I can't see there being much of an issue in regards to those teams kicking it off with a win. Um, you know, Lyon take on newly promoted breast. That was the last one. So, I don't think, you know, we should be seeing any upsets. But, Jono, yeah. you know, you mentioned earlier that PSG, they've got They've spent a fair bit. Um, yeah. I don't know if the word spent is um, to be said. So they got uh, Gigi Donnarumma, who was named uh, Euro 2020 player of the tournament for free. They got Sergio Ramos for free. Um, they purchased Atra Hakimi, Hakimi from Inter Milan for um, what was it? Uh, 60 million euros. With yeah, 10 million nice in record. add-ons? Yeah. Yeah, and then they got one Wijnaldum from Liverpool for free. So they've got on four world-class players, um, but really they paid for one. So essentially they haven't spent big, but you'd be expecting some big things. But what do you think of Lille? Do you think, um, you know, they're going to create the bigger stir as to what they did last season?
1: Look, Lille's got a very rich history to them, and um, in saying that, they um, achieved amazingly last season. But they've lost a very important piece of their puzzle, which was their goalkeeper, um, who's on who had signed for um, Milan. So, in saying that, you know how much of a how, how much of a gap is that going to cause in their defence? How many goals are they going to be conceding now without such a good goalkeeper in at the back there? Uh, in saying that you know they they're definitely going to be there again they haven't lost too much more so in saying that they'll definitely give it a fight but you know in saying that for this league I just uh, it's hard to go past PSg at this stage but there's still a few weeks left of the transfer market so it's hard to know what what's going to go on from here in, from here on in so what what else you got to say what else you have to say about our uh, lil as well?
3: nice. Uh, look, I think Lille are going to provide competition, um, but I also think that PSG are a much more mature team. Um, yes. If you look at how they were last season, um, Pochettino come into the team uh, and, you know, it's hard to adapt. Um, you had COVID cases uh, Mauro Acardi, their star signing from the and the start of the season, he was missing games. Uh, they had lost the Champions League final. So a lot of this stuff plays on the minds of PSG. But when you've got a president like theirs who has been extremely vocal about them, you'd expect big things and you'd expect a lot of people's jobs to be on the line if, you know, the bare minimum of winning the league isn't achieved. But You know, if following on on that, you you hit the nail on the head. There's still a couple of weeks left um, in the transfer window. And traditionally, it's the back end, the last two to three weeks of this transfer window that you see the big moves. You see, yeah. you know, the star players. You know, Mbappe was linked to leave, go to Real Madrid. That can still potentially happen. You know, Neymar, what could happen there? Icardi may be leaving to go to Juventus if, um, if they end up getting... Holland, or whatever the case may be. So there's a million different predicaments which could occur, um, and could change this entirely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, in, uh, following on on that, Leon um, they're there as well, uh, and you can't go past uh, Monaco, who, although they've had quite a bit of money invested into them, um, it's not something that you would. Expect their performances in the last couple of years, um, yeah. and I just feel they're coming back from that. But back to your point of Lil, they they're in the Champions League as well, so it's an extra element. And do they have the squad depth? Because we then well know that PSG have got that squad depth just with those key signings and what else is to come. I think there was four or five goalkeepers on their yeah. team sheet, you know, and they acquired one of the most exciting young prospects in the world in Gigi Donnarumma. So I I, I can't go past PSG. So I think that's a great segue into our um, League 1 predictions for the season. So um, what we're going to do, as you can see on today's show, which you've got on the banner below, we're going to go through because League 1 is the only league which is kicking off this weekend, Um, Well, we're going to keep it entertaining. We're going to go through each of the other um, four leagues throughout Europe and cover who we think will be the top four teams and who we think won't be featuring in the league next season in the form of relegation. So let's start with League One. Um, Jonathan, I'll give you some perspective. Last season, as I mentioned earlier, it was Lille, PSG, Monaco and Lyon. They were your top four Personally, uh, I find it hard to see any other teams challenge that top four. Um, You know, you've got Marseille and Nice, which could provide some entertainment, to say the least. But do you really see that top four changing?
1: Looking at the uh, the top four that was there last season, like there's such a big gap between the top four and then from fifth onwards, there was a 16 point gap between fourth and fifth of Lyon and Marseille, and um, you need to rem- taking into consideration as well. Lyon lost um, uh, Memphis Depay, who, who's gone to uh, Barcelona, so you know that's going to be another loss for them as well. But you know, that's a, that's a massive points difference. Even Six the... points uh, you know, is
3: tough to make up.
1: That's huge. That's huge. So, look, in saying that, a lot of things can change this season. You know, COVID was a massive a massive uh, factor for everyone, everyone all over the world last year and all the leagues. So, in saying that, I don't think much could change in the top four but me personally, my my prediction would be I could see Marseille um, making a making a charge to the top four, and maybe uh, Leon dropping off because Depay uh, Memphis was such a, a big part of that team for them, and he contributed so many goals and assists for them. So, yeah that that would be my only that would be my only one that I could see changing.
3: Yeah no look I think um I'd like to lock in PSG to win this title I will be extremely surprised unless they make an extremely deep Champions League run that they haven't done what they've traditionally done in previous seasons and wrapped it up with five six excuse me five six games to go so um yeah I could see PSG making a really deep um I, I can't see them not winning this yeah and I, I agree. can't. Uh, Lille only won it by one point last season. Their uh, PSG's transfers alone, I think, make up that one point and a whole lot more. So yeah. um, PSG's definitely there. Lille are the team that I think could be replaced by um, Marseille. And the only reason I say that is we've seen traditionally across not just France but across Europe, when you are a newer team going into the Champions League, you either prioritise Champions League or you or prioritise league. your domestic league. And yeah. for a team like Lille, they know they're not going to win the domestic league again, right? You, you'd think be that, that'd be that'd been there the back of their mind. So yeah. Yeah. priority will move and shift towards the Champions League, which means they might be sacrificing play, uh, games. So I do see. Lil dropping out of that um, top four um, for Marseille. But if I was to do a top five, it would be the um, same top five as last season. Uh, Relegation-wise, um, so we only saw two teams move up. So in France, it's a bit different. So the bottom two get relegated and then third last have a playoff um, to see if they stay back in the league. So we saw um, clermont Foot. I believe, and Troyes. Yes. Were they the two? That, yes. So Troyes is very well known for being fantastic in League 2. Yeah. But they struggle in League 1. And they'll come up, then go straight back down, and come up and go straight back down. Um, and I don't think this season is any different. While they are coming back up, a lot of teams have strengthened throughout Europe in the top-flight leagues, and I just don't think they'll be able to keep up. Clermont Foot is a team I have not been too familiar with, and generally when you see a team like that, you don't see them there for too long. No. Um, but, you know, Nantes were on the cusp last season, so the relegation battle in France is generally more entertaining than the promotion yes. battle because yes. yeah. Yeah. it's a lot more tighter. But
1: what yes. do you think, Jonah? So, yeah, it, pretty much to back off what you just um, uh, uh, stated, like uh, Nantes was, uh, you know, one point off, um, you know, being in that relegation zone. They, they were very quickly, uh, sorry, very easily could have made it back up against uh, Brest, who was in 17th at the time. But I think I need to, um, to uh, mirror what you've said as well. Uh, Claremont Foot. I actually don't know too much of, it, of them as well, to be perfectly honest. But um, yeah, and um, sorry, I can't pronounce the other team again. Um, that's West. come up. Yes, sorry. Yes, um, they were. They're looking at, at their history and all that they do. They were one of those teams that had come up and down. So yeah, definitely. I think they'll be probably the the two that probably make, might go straight back down. Sorry, guys. <laughs>
3: Definitely. Look, let's move on to our next prediction. Let's not dwell too much in France because there is a lot more happening across Europe. Um, More excitingly, La Liga. So we have seen some big news coming in and out of La Liga with Messi. Is he staying? Is he going? Um, Atletico Madrid winning the title last season um, only to beat their um, rivals in Real Madrid. Um, And then you had... Barcelona and Sevilla. So that was your top four last season. Um, and prediction wise, I don't know. I'll, I'll hand this one to you because I know you, you you like to you like your La Liga.
1: I love my La Liga. Oh, um, any chance to watch a uh, you know even the mid table games? I'll I'll watch this at any chance I get. Look, it's gonna be, it's such a competitive league in the sense of there's anyone can beat anyone on their day. You know, the top three, of course, stand out every year and all that. But this year, I think, is such an interesting year. Real Madrid's lost a lot of talent, you know, both their centre-backs. Um, also, um, you know, Ancelotti coming back and um, Zidane moving on. So that's going to be another, another um, factor that comes into this, this Real Madrid squad. But in saying that, Barcelona's recruited quite well in um in in who they've brought in to strengthen their attack their midfield is still a bit sketchy and also the defense can also can always uh leak some goals they were um, out of the top three they were the worst um in their um in um conceding goals so that just goes to show sorry even in the top four they were the worst in conceding goals so that just goes to show how much they their defense and pk might be getting a bit bit um you know bit on in age and not being the beast of what he used to be atletico what a what a what a season they had last year suarez going his first season at atletico and pretty much carrying that team on his two on his shoulders to um, bring them to the title just what an what an amazing player what an achievement he has done in his career as well in saying that you know that the the top four bruno what what do you think is going to happen there
3: Oh, look, I think um, Barcelona have settled a lot of demons um, in the Uh, off-season. It's rumoured in the coming week or so we will see Lionel Messi sign a five-year agreement with Barcelona, keeping him there at the club effectively as a lifelong contract. Um, But we also saw his, um, his... fellow Argentinian and Manchester City legend Sergio Aguero move across and join him at um, Barcelona. In saying that, you mentioned earlier as well Memphis Depay did join um, and I think Dembele copped an injury in uh, the Euros. So I think, you know, he will also be returning eventually as well. So Barcelona have strengthened um, and... You know, effectively, it's, it, it's in a way that it's scary, um, yeah. not just from a domestic point of view, but from a European point of view, um, because you can never write them off. Real Madrid, they lost Varan and they lost um, Sergio Ramos. Now, there were rumours with Perez the president not offering Ramos a two-year deal, which he wanted, and only a one-year deal because he doesn't offer those deals to the people of his age and stature, but surely there's a line in the sand that you draw for certain players where you, you, you say you can have your two-year deal, but I think they lost something massive there, and I think if Sergio Ramos never kicks a ball at PSG, he will still do wonders with what he brings to that dressing room, and Real Madrid have lost something there. But in the last couple of days slash hours, um, we are starting to see more and more rumblings of Cristiano Ronaldo returning to um, Real Madrid, uh, which isn't a massive surprise in my eyes um, because there's still no solid confirmation that he's staying at Juventus. But at the same time, you can't really... Golf that assumption. Rumors of rumors, um, and just going off Juventus as well, keeping them in the loop. You mentioned Luis Suarez; he was that close to joining Juventus last season, and imagine what would have been for Atletico if yeah. he did join. So, you know, everything happens for a reason, and it's iconic now that photo from last season of him crying on his phone with um, uh, after they won, lifted that t- trophy. So, top three you know who it's going to be, right? Atletico, um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, you can almost lock those in. Um, Sevilla is generally always going to be there as well. Um, But a winner, I think we need to wait until this transfer window is over. Honestly, I think Real Madrid still have a big, big, big move coming through um, that we just don't know of yet. And that can just change the whole scope of things. But, yeah, uh, relegation-wise, Spain is one of the hardest to predict relegation battles because, like you said, it's not all the teams are great, and it's not all the teams are bad. But on their good day, and especially with fans now coming back to the stadium, anyone can have a win here. And yeah, look, uh, I said it with, um, I said it with uh, France that. You know we're going to have um, the, the the newly promoted teams would probably be the ones who drop down. But uh, Espanol was promoted; they won yeah. the League Two last year. Um, Mallorca is, I think, how it's pronounced. Mallorca. Yeah, they're the two promoted teams which I think could make a stance in. La Liga this season. Um, I honestly think Espanol, it surprised me when they did get relegated. Um, and, you know, Mallorca, they're not unfamiliar with La Liga. Um, you've got teams like Cadiz, Elche, Getafe, which can on their good day provide, you know, a great outlet of football. But Elche, two points from relegation. Um uh Deporto, Alaves, they were, I think, four points off relegation, something mm-hmm. along that. And then Getafe was level points with them. So although they didn't get relegated, they were there. And yeah. match day 38, they were still fighting for that right to stay there. So you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if one of those three went down, Um if not all of those three.
1: I think I think, uh, I think is a is um, a big risk of going down there. Um, they're they've got a, a few members are a bit of an aging squad and um, you know they they struggled in some of the games that I saw them in last last season. They only won nine. Uh, even Elche, I reckon they're pretty much a guaranteed. Espanol, I expect to stay up. Um, that was a shock when they went the the season when they went when they did go down. So um, yeah look like you said previously though the bottom half of the of the la liga table it's so close in in regards to anyone can beat anyone on their day and i know i'm going to pro- probably sound like a broken record here in saying some of those similar things but mate those last probably nine teams it's uh you know entertaining not football between it. it you know what and and it is entertaining football like uh, it's i know that you got the top half of the league where you know you know your tops who they're going to win you know your top three in sevilla and um atletico of course and Villarreal as as well so um you know the bottom half of the league it's so it's so entertaining even valencia has been a massive disappointment for me in recent years they've fallen from grace from what they were once were um athletic club as well they they didn't have a very good season last year neither did Granada, even going up further of the table so yeah. look at uh, it, a lot can happen in la liga but it's uh it's going to be an interesting season that's for sure definitely so I definitely
2: in,
1: i think in saying that i'm pretty happy with um leaving that one as is and we can move on to one of the probably the you know most dominant leagues in the recent history within the Bundesliga in regards to you know it is majority most of the time a one team league don't you think bruno
3: i uh, look bayern munich have been absolutely phenomenal in the bundesliga but not just that they've been phenomenal across europe um, Yeah. you know they they've done amazing things they might that they, they won it two seasons ago i believe um the Champions League, but before that it was uh they were competitive, they were always highly competitive, and um it's not something that you see throughout Europe, you know. You see, you know, your your great teams be great domestically but struggle in Europe because they're sacrificing. But you know by Munich, I <laughs> I don't you gotta think there's something that's gotta give and what I want to bring up to you is they've lost some crucial firing power in the midfield with David Alaba leaving, Jerome Batang leaving and Javi Martinez leaving. Now, I don't know how to pronounce his name properly, so I'm sorry if I get this wrong. They did sign Dayot Kano. Something for 42.5 million from Leipzig, um, which I don't know if it's going to be their saving grace. Um, but at the same time, they won the league with third by 13 points. Do they lose that with Lewandowski up front, who is an absolute goal scoring machine? I don't think they lose that 13 point buffer. Um, the top four last season was Bayern. Red Bull, Leipzig, Dortmund, and Wolfsburg, um, with an honourable mention to Frankfurt, who finished one point behind Wolfsburg. So that was your top four slash five. But do you see – so this is how I see it. I see the top three being Bayern, Leipzig, and Dortmund. But I think fourth place could go to anyone. You've got to remember, you've got Bayer Leverkusen there, Glad back there as well. So. Who do you see? Um, you know, who, who's your top four?
1: To be honest, I can't pick a top four just as yet because I want to see how Borussia Dortmund are going to fare without um, Sancho going to Manchester United. That is a massive loss for them. Um, the link play they, uh, Sancho, had with Haaland at front. How many goals did that produce last season?
3: And that's so, another name who could be potentially leaving as well. There's rumours yep. circling Chelsea, want Haaland. If not, we're going to probably mention this team later on in the podcast. They, uh, there was a $100 million bid um, submitted for Romelu Lakaku because yep. they, 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 they need to tie someone down. So we'll probably mention that with Mo and Anthony. But Haaland missing as well as Sancho. Is there any hope for this team?
1: If you lose both of look, Haaland is such a good player, he's probably you know, he's got to be top three in the world at the moment on current form. The past past season, season, sorry, season, season and a half. In saying that, I don't know how they're going to fare. So, um, it's hard for me to, to pick that. I don't see Bayern Munich not winning it again this season. There, to me, they're just too strong, and then to take, um to strengthen their squad off one of your, you know, direct rival- rivalries in um in who they secured. You know, that's it's you know, you're weakening your opponent opponent. You're you know you're almost guaranteeing yourself another title and weakening your opponent at the same time. So no look it's it's very hard to go past Bayern. Leipzig RB Leipzig would definitely be then then I've actually think um Frankfurt will come up into the top four. I don't yeah. know if uh, Borussia Dortmund will fall off or Wolfsburg will fall off, but even um I actually expect Bayern Leverkusen to be to be a lot better than what they were this season as well. Um they were a bit of a let off compared to how they've been in, in recent seasons, but I'd expect them such a strong club and such a rich history for them to come back and um and come back full guns blazing where they where they deserve to be.
3: Yeah, definitely. Look, I think um, I think Munchen Gladbach focused a lot more on Champions League last season, um, and they sacrificed points in the league, which is fair enough. But at the same time, um, they're definitely going to want to get back into Europe because they missed out on Europe altogether. So, yeah. um, I think the most entertaining part of this league will be the relegation battle as well, um, and surprisingly, Schalke finished dead last, last season. They've what been a such a prominent feature throughout the decade with their Champions League appearances and so forth to just drop out altogether. They registered three wins out of 34 fixtures. Um, Werder, Bremer and Coln um, also dropped out. Um, now, we've been covering who is getting relegated um and there's a couple of teams that got promoted that I don't want to attempt pronouncing their names um but I will try Carlshrucher sc at uh, SC no sorry that is incorrect because Bundesliga 2 caught me off guard because they've already started um Bundesliga 2's already started okay, um, I didn't were promoted yes Guther Firth were promoted. Um, and I think Holstein were promoted. Um, I could stand to be corrected because they have a weird playoff there as well. But you
1: know, Colin stayed. Colin were in 16th go. and they stayed.
3: There you go. Colin were in 16th because they played off with third place. Yes, that's th- right. That's the sec- similar to France. Um, do you see these teams staying in the league personally? I think
1: no. No, I don't um, think so as well. Um, knowing the what I know about the German league and the second division being as competitive as what it is, you know, that their second division is so strong and you got to take it to they're, what, they're one of the only leagues in the German league where they've only got a top 18 instead of a top 20 compared to the rest of the um, domestic leagues across the big domestic leagues across Europe. That enables your second division to be so much stronger. So, in saying that, when that but then it is sometimes a little bit of a big of a jump when they go to the um, the Bundesliga. So, in saying that, I don't think um, they will stay up for more than what they they have, and I probably see Schakhtar. Uh, Shak, sorry, Shakta okay coming back up straight back up being such as as big of yeah. a club as what they are so yeah that's that's what I'm gonna say with them
3: yeah look I I, I think the same and yeah it, it, it will be entertaining but um, now we're moving on to two of the more uh, well-known leagues throughout Europe um, and we are going to introduce the host to our football worldwide show um, everything EPL mo so um Welcome, Mo. How are you?
2: How are you guys? Uh, been. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. It's a pleasure. Uh, welcome everyone to Football Worldwide.
3: Uh, fantastic. It's great to have you here. Um, and look, as I mentioned earlier, Mo will be covering. Um, Mo is our Football Worldwide resident um, EPL specialist. So uh, you'll be catching him from next week onwards, every week, um, every match day week, uh, covering. Your fixtures, your results, and your breaking news. So it's only fitting we bring our EPL specialist in to talk promotion. Uh, sorry, to talk top four, to talk promotion. The EPL has been one of the most more active leagues in this transfer week window so far. If you look at Manchester United, who got Jadon Sancho and have essentially almost secured Varane. Um, They've announced him, but in in recent days there have been rumblings of, not rumblings, there have been news that he's struggling with his visa application. Generally, that gets sorted, so there's not an issue there. But you've got Chelsea who are going guns blazing for some amazing striker in Haaland or Romelu Lukaku. Um, You've got uh, Manchester City who are potentially getting Hurricane and the most expensive English player ever in Jack Grealish. Um, you've got Arsenal who are pulling players left, right and centre as well. Um, and Tottenham, well, they're, they're moving into a unknown with no Harry Kane and a new manager after Mourinho left. Um, so it is going to be interesting. So instead of uh, us keep talking, I'm going to throw it to you, Mo. If you can predict the winner... Um, let us know but who's your top four
2: so as of now uh, the transfer market is very wide open in the premier league it's uh it looks like covid has uh, hit anybody in the world other than the premier league they are splashing money left and right and uh, we know how rich the owners are and we know how good the tv uh right sellings are in the premier league so uh, Jack Grealish for a hundred million. This is the rumor, and Harry Kane for hundred fifty to hundred eighty million pounds. If you wanna believe it, this is gonna be the most expensive uh, player, the English player ever. Even after they break the record for Jack Grealish as a hundred million, after Jadon Sancho broke the record again after uh, after Harry Maguire two seasons ago. So it's just gonna keep going and going. Also, Manchester United are uh, inst- uh, after Varane. And uh, Jaden Sancho, they are actually looking to bring Kieran Trippier from Atlético Madrid to cover the right side with Juan Bisaka, which is kind of strengthening that back line even more. Seeing Maguire and how good he did in the Euros. So, as a prediction, I cannot see anybody competing with Man City other than may- maybe Chelsea. They're going to give them a run, and Liverpool if Van Dijk comes back from the injury fit and well, playing like before. I will know how bad is the knee injuries, the ACL or the meniscus injury and the surgery he had. He took a long time to recover. So I can see Liverpool and Chelsea maybe fighting um, Man City for the title. However, if they get Jack Grealish and they get Harry Kane, I think Harry Kane will actually bang in 25 to 35 goals a season for the next two three years and that's on top of what other players can score so i'm predicting man city still to win the league if they get their transfers in as they want however if they don't and chelsea get their holland or the Lukaku, who today the reports are they actually raised their offer to 120 million euros for Lukaku, but without including any player in the deal so it was 100 million plus Marcus Alonso for Inter, and Inter are willing to cover the left side as they are not sure if Perisic is staying. But it's tempting. 120 million euro is a lot of money, and I know that our Serie A specialists will talk about it from Inter's point of view, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit from Chelsea's point of view. It is going to change their season and it's gonna change their coming season. Is it gonna make them guarantee top four? Absolutely. What I see in top four is gonna be Man City. It's what I see at as of now, even without the transfers, it's gonna be Man City, Manchester United, Chelsea, and Liverpool. Because I see Tottenham going a step down in, in players, and I see Arsenal not bringing anybody that's gonna make a difference. They are trying to get the Lautaro Martinez from Inter, but I'm not sure if this is going to happen because Arsenal, they're actually one of the clubs in the Premier League that is actually, if people don't know, in financial crisis. They actually asked their player to take a pay cut last year and they actually did it again at the end of the season, but the players refused. So they're actually in a financial crisis. So Arsenal, I see Arsenal and I see Tottenham coming fifth and sixth, probably Leicester City fighting again to get this position. Because actually I think Leicester City has a better squad than the two Londoners, Arsenal and Tottenham. They're not as good as Chelsea who are the Champions League winners, but they are good enough to actually give the top four a run. As for the relegation, the three teams that got promoted, Norwich, Watford and Brentford, who were trying for two seasons to get up. I see Brentford, I'm very excited to see them in the Premier League. And I think they are kind of a Leeds, similar team who play with a lot of energy. And you should be able to enjoy them play. Watford and Norwich, they are trying to avoid the relegation and will be in the history of going down, up and down in just three seasons. So we'll see how that happens. But the team that I see struggling is actually Newcastle, who just renewed Steve Bruce's contract for three years. So are they going to struggle again? Probably. Are they going to finish mid-table? Maybe, but they're going to fight for relegation for the whole season. So I cannot predict the the, the relegation because there's a lot of time left in the transfer market. And one player in these relegation battles can actually change your season, completely change your season. But the promoted team are going to struggle. We know that all the time, other than Leeds, because of the Marcelo Bielsa's element. But that's all I can say here. Look for an exciting season with fans back in the stadiums, which we missed them last season. And look for big games between the top six. Top coaches yeah. and top players are actually competing. And if they get their top forward, Chelsea, they are really title contenders. Thank yeah, you guys okay. for bringing me in. But no, this definitely. was the I'll, Premier I'll League. Run around a bit.
3: I'll keep you around a bit so you can, uh, you can hear Jonathan and mine's predictions. Um... I'll hand it over to Jonathan because, um, you know, we're just going to skim through now that we got that comprehensive prediction from uh, Mo. So top four and who do you see fighting for relegation? Top four,
1: I see it pretty much the same as last year. Man City, like Mo said, I think will go very close to winning it again. Chelsea interests me because... They are so strong defensively and they've strengthened it again in getting um I can't remember his name, but um a defender from Sevilla, um from the Andy. La Liga. Andy. That's it. Yes, thank you, Mo. Um, it's about to happen. They're expecting 70 million to pay for him. So, in saying that, Chelsea's highest scorer last year, I don't know if anyone knows, was it's Jorginho
2: and with, uh, seven,
1: yeah. with seven penalties, only penalties. So, what's going on in that front? What happened with Werner? He had a shocker of the season. He was their next best, tied with um, um, a couple of them. were on six. So, if they get a, if they do pull off a striker signing, they will, in my mind, they'll probably. I think they're a more rounded squad than what they, um, Manchester United or Liverpool are at the moment. Because in saying that. Manchester United bringing in Sancho and uh, Varane. We don't know what's going to happen then. Is Maguire going to live up to the same hype what he has? Is he going to have the same type of um, tournament? Sorry, uh, he's going to have the same type of season as what he's had last season. Remember, he's had a long season playing in the Euros and all that as well. So, yes, I see the top four being the same with uh, Man City winning it again. Um, As for relegation... You know it's hard to it's hard to pick as well you know yeah, and I think um I think I actually don't think uh Brighton will survive to be honest they'd probably be one of my first picks to go down um yeah. they, they've got a lot of troubles I, I think as well so what what do you got to say for uh Bruno uh,
3: look I think without signing city win it again um they're just a team and Edison in goals their defense is too solid you've got um, the Bronia in the midfield, and then you've got their attack, which is phenomenal. So, there's nothing really stopping them there. Manchester United, Liverpool, and Chelsea are the rest of my top four. The only reason I say them with defiance is I can't say any other teams challenging. Yeah, Arsenal, like Mo touched on, very broken, very broken in financial. They're struggling to find something there. Tottenham lost Lamella, they lost um, Hurricane, and there's another name in there, Enderob. Um, And they're getting a new manager. So, again, something that I can't see them challenging. Leicester, Vardy, can he step up again? I don't know, but I think the the, the top four set. Um, Puki for uh, Norwich I think will be enough to keep them in the uh, Premier League this season. Um, but yeah, Mo touched on Newcastle, you touched on Brighton, and I'm gonna say Brentford. Um, I just think those are the four teams which are going to be um which are going to be the ones that we struggle to see gain points. But on that note, I'd like to say thank you, Mo. Um, it's a pleasure for the rest of our football worldwide uh viewers. You could catch Mo's specialist everything EPL. Um as I mentioned earlier, weekly. So give a like and subscribe to um, get your notifications of when Mo will be coming live. But, yeah, thank you again, Mo.
1: Thank you, guys. Good to see you, Mo.
3: Okay, so from our EPL specialist to our SETIR specialist, Anthony um, has been a face on YouTube covering SETIR. Um, and he has been the face of Inter Worldwide for a very long time. He has now joined the Football Worldwide team to be our Serie A specialist where he has his weekly show called Serie A Roundtable where he will bring a panel of people to discuss. But I'm not going to steal his thunder. I'm going to bring Anthony into the stream, uh, and I'm going to get Anthony to give us a quick spill of what the Serie A Roundtable will be and uh, what you plan on bringing to the table.
0: Thank you, Bruno. Thank you, Jono. I swear we could have done this before. I don't know. Just a memory. And thanks to everyone for watching uh, Inter Football World 1. I'm going to have to get used to that one. (laughs) We appreciate it so much. I'm going to keep it short, sweet and simple. Buckle up. It's going to be one hell of a Serie A season. It's going to be the closest one you've seen for a long time. You've got each team in the top six or seven or so really trying to outdo themselves as to Who can do the most in the transfer market and improve without actually doing too much altogether? It's actually quite funny to watch. I'm really looking forward to seeing Napoli this season, gentlemen. Um, Under coach Luciano Spalletti, such a gentleman. It's great to see him back in Serie A. Um, They've got a lot of players this season that I think will have a big year. You know, Koulibaly... Um, is saying straight away, there's absolutely no way that he is leaving. I plan to build the defence around him. Other than that, expect your regular suspects like Zielinski and um, Insigne to be present a lot as well. I expect a big season from Lozano. But if there is one player in this Napoli side that is going to break through the ranks this season, it is Oshiman. Um, he just started to break through last season. He has fantastic physical qualities. Watch out for this guy for Napoli. He is going to spearhead their attack Moving on very quickly to AC Milan. They are cheering. Their fans are cheering. They're back in Champions League football this season. So see them fatigue quite quickly this season. I really do think they will struggle a little bit to keep up with the pace. They just spent $28 million on on uh, Chelsea defender Fikeo Tomori. He's a good player and he's a really good pickup for Milan. Um, other than that, you know, they'll, they'll be cheering from signing little goalkeeper, uh, Mike Magnan, who was alluded to by Jono earlier when you guys were talking. About Lege, um, uh, they got rid of that problem that is more so Mino Rayola and Gigio Donnarumma. But you know, saving a lot in Gigio's wage there a lot, a lot. We'll see how this goalkeeper goes because he's got a little bit of pressure. If Ismail Benassir can stay fit, he's in for a good season because Franck Kessier is going to have a good season in midfield. And when is good and is good, Milan are generally good. And other than that, you've got a couple of youthful players in there like Sandro Tonali and Brahim Diaz. The balance is good for Milan if they can stay fit. There are a couple of injuries away from being a little bit risky, but keep those guys fit and keep Zlatan and new signing Olivier Giroud fit. They just might still have something this season. It's just that for me, it it looks like classic Milan putting your eggs into the Giroud basket and then walking away from the friendly saying, oh, you know, Giroud's looking good. Like, just don't, don't bank on him. Don't bank on him the same way you banked on Ibra. I think if Milan can find their balance under Pioli, they're in for a good season as well. As I said, it's going to be tight. Atalanta next. I won't stay on them for too long. Christian Romero looks like he's going to Spurs. Uh, He's on loan from Juve, so I guess you could count him out. They've done some good business in the goalkeeper department, bringing in Musso from Udinese. They've also brought in Matteo Lovato from Hellas Verona for $7 So they're not mucking around. Just expect Iacic to go out the door. That's the quality player um, from Atalanta that will go out the door. Keep Ruslan Malinovsky fit, Um, you know. Keep Pessina happy and playing in the right decision and zipping in between the midfield lines. And if Duban Zapata can score enough goals as well, Atalanta and Gasperini, that engine is just going to keep on rolling. Um, Juventus, oh how fun to talk about them! They're going to be strong this season, very very strong. Uh, Not too sure what their goal is with their defense at the moment. Signing Giorgio Chiellini to a two-year extension, it's a good decision. It's not that good when you send Demaral out on loan, in my opinion, let alone to Atalanta. That's not confirmed yet. So we should say that we are recording this, um, you know, just before Legate Earn kicks off. So, you know, you can't blame us if the transfers um, end up changing. But the Ronaldo saga is still not solved. Because of that wage, they're not bringing in other players it, they need to sort themselves out quickly. One player that is going to explode for them even more this season is going to be Chiesa. You know all the stuff Juventus fans want Paolo Dybala to be every season and more. Well, congratulations. They're finally going to get it, just not in the form of the Argentine. You're going to get it in Chiesa. He is going to absolutely keep this Juventus juggernaut steamrolling and just quietly... It uh, really disappoints me. I actually see them sit, um, sitting at the summit at the end of the season once again, barring a Ronaldo backroom scandal that throws the egos out of whack in the club. And trust me, if something happens like that, you'll know about it. It's unavoidable. Moving on to probably the most interesting club this season. It's Roma. 100%. How could they not be the most interesting club? Look who is their manager, guys. The special one has returned to Italy. He is back. Jose Mourinho is back. And I think he's going to find out pretty quickly that he has... He, he needs a good squad, boys. He needs a really good squad. He doesn't have that good of a squad, in my opinion. He's got a decent, decent-looking squad. But, you know, he's brought in Rui Patricio, who I think that's a good pickup at goalkeeper. Um, He's brought in Ibanez from Atalanta. But they paid $25 million for him. Spinazzola is not going to stay fit. Florenzi's out the door. He's already said that he wants six or seven players out as well, including the likes of Inzonzi and Pastore and Justin Clivett. Um, It's interesting to see him link up again with a couple of former men, United boys in Chris Smalling and Mkhitaryan. I have no doubt Mourinho will want them to be, be leaders in that side, but we'll see what happens from there. And, of course, it goes without saying um, the midfield of Zaniolo, Pellegrini and Cristante. When they're on, they're on. And, you know, let's hope for a fit season from Zaniolo. I don't think Lazio, their crosstown Roman rivals, are going to have the best season. I just think losing Inzaghi and a big part of their identity, it's actually going to show. Uh, they brought in Haizu from Napoli, but he looks like he's at the back end of his career. Other than that, unless all their existing players have absolutely stellar seasons, like the likes of um, Malinkovic, Savic, Joaquin Correa, and... Um, oh, I forgot his name right now. The... Uh, yeah. The no, Yeah, yeah mobile of course. How did I forget that? Um, if he can keep banging in as many penalties, I mean, or as many goals as he can, they still <laughs> might have a good season. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about Inter. If you want to hear me talk about Inter, trust me, you can, you won't hear the end of it. We've got a big task on our hands. When you lose someone like Antonio Conte, it's going to be big, but we're trying for continuity, technicality-wise, man-for-man-wise on the pitch. We're, we're keeping the Conte blueprint and adopting it to Simone Inzaghi's version of that. It sucks losing Ashraf Hakimi. Let's see if Inter do lose another big name in Lautaro to Spain. He's not going to Arsenal or Lukaku to Chelsea. Just quietly, I really don't think Lukaku's going back to England to any club at the moment. He's, he's still dirty at that country for basically being on his back for absolutely everything. And he's found a home in Italy. I might have um, exhausted my time here, boys. So sorry about that. but just just nah, take,
1: not just, at all.
0: Relegation, I think. Relegation, I think you guys spoke about earlier. Relegation's looking a little bit interesting, more interesting in some of these leagues than the actual title race. Italy's going to have another one of those this season, I reckon. It's really sad and unfortunate. But Spezia had such a good season in Serie A last season, they're meant to continue on this season and try and survive again. They won't. They'll come last, in my opinion. They've been slapped with a two-year transfer ban. They've lost a couple of their best players as well. They have made a decent signing in Kelvin Amian from Toulouse. I really respected that signing. But with their manager leaving as well to manage Fiorentina and Thiago Mota, I mean, you know, brilliant player. But let's face it, his resume as a manager isn't that attractive just yet. Um, look, I-, I think Spezia can still get points but if they dropped off at the back end of last season with a thinner squad this season, I think Spezia are are going to struggle. The next team that I find that are going to struggle too much is Salernitana, Salernitana, Congratulations to them for coming back into Serie A. But the club in terms of magnitude is just small. It is small. And I see them being the whipping boys, the Crotone of this season. Nothing would make me happier than to see the club from south, um, you know, from the part of Naples, which is almost about as south as you'll get in Serie A these days, Um, stay up. But, you know, wishful thinking, wishful thinking. Um, They had a great season last season, but full kudos to them. They finished 69 points just below Empoli, who are my third pick to get relegated. Empoli, they're like, Like that casual bloke that walks into the party, has one beer and leaves, man. That's what what Empoli is to Serie A. Um, So they're they're just dipping in and dipping out like they did last time. And they they had a good season last season. Obviously, they smashed it in Serie B. Leonardo Mancuso is a good hitman. He scored 20 goals. A lot of the time, he plays out wide as well. So he'll be interesting to see as well. But other than that, I think Empoli will struggle just for the fact that your other Serie A teams, like the the, your likes of Bologna, Cagliari, uh Torino, no matter how much they struggle, they'll find a way to get over the line because their club pedigree will help them get over the line. Okay, so Anthony... Are, we fall short in my opinion, bro. So
3: Anthony, my question to you is, you've given us a rundown of the top six, seven teams. Who is your top four? Yeah, who, is, yeah. who, who, who takes out the Champions League spots, Um, uh, in your opinion, with the team that's currently there? Like, clearly there's still and Italy is historically known for transfers happening at the back end, and you've got rumours of Locatelli going to Juventus and stuff like that. So there's a lot still to happen, you know, Nendes to Inter and so forth. But with what we've been given in front of us and the information we've got on, uh, we'll call it Wednesday the 4th of August now, um, who do you think takes out the top four of the Serie A?
0: Regardless of what happens in the Mercato, in the, which is the transfer market in Italy now, it wouldn't change my prediction for top four. The order might change, but in no particular order, I would lock Juventus and Inter straight into the top four this season. And I would say that you're fighting third spot between Atalanta and Napoli. If Milan can somehow snake their way into a spot there, perhaps... Something tells me Mourinho might fight, but no. I'm going to go with Inter, Juventus, Napoli and Atalanta for the top four this season. And, yeah, you heard who I said for relegation. So that's the first, yeah. the first Serie A prediction for the season.
3: Fantastic. Look, Anthony gave such a comprehensive one, so I'm just going to list my four teams and my three relegating teams. So, yeah, Inter, Juventus. Um, There's there, there too much of a gap last season between first and second for Inter... <coughs> To drop out of that top four, um, yes, the team's been weakened by manager-wise and um, squad-wise. But at the same time, there isn't that much of a decline in regards to. Um, there's not that you're not going to drop that many points um, to be out of the top four. AC Milan worry me, but can they keep up with? Um, can they keep up with Champions League as well as Serie A um, potentially? The retirement club they've started um, in their striker's position of Ibrahimović and Giroud worry me from an Italian fan perspective and um, uh, in, in the Serie A perspective. But at the same time, if they stay fit, they're banging home goals. Um, and then I'm looking at fourth place and you've got Atalanta, Napoli, Roma, potentially Lazio, but I would say Atalanta because out of everyone, they've been the most consistent. Relegation, um, Empoli stay up. Salamantana and Venezia dropped back down, as well as Spezia, as Anthony did allude to. So they're my three. I just think Empoli's is the only team out of the promoted teams who have such a rich history in the Serie A in the sense of they know what it's like to be there. And the return of fans will really help them. Salamantana, there's been too many dramas between Letito, the owner of Lazio, um, still hasn't sold them, last I heard. Um, And I just don't think they have the pedigree to stay up there. They were a very loan-based club, where a lot of their players were loaned out from Lazio and Venezia. Amazing kit, I got to say. Their 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 jersey looks absolutely phenomenal. Um, But I just I don't think we're going to be seeing it. Um, There's a couple of I think uh, Salamantana and Lazio. uh, Salamantana and Venezia are going to be the punching bags of the Serie A this season where we're going to see all types of goals put against them. But um, Spezia, I think, like you said, Italiano gone now. Um, the transfer ban, which you just told me about, I didn't know about, I just think that hurts them way too much um, to to keep to keep them back into the Serie A. So that's my top four. That's my bottom three. What do you think, Jonna?
1: I'm gonna make this quick because we're going a lot longer than what we had first expected to go. So let's let's get this done. Okay, no particular order. Inter Juventus Atalanta Napoli. That's who I see as my top four. To be relegated, Salamantana, it uh spezia, and I actually think Empoli is gonna go back down. I don't know why. It's just who I think. i that to like Abe <laughs> had said previously. They're just, they're, they just go up and down. They like to float between Serie A and Serie B. So that's who I'm going to say who, who's my top four and uh, for relegation.
3: No worries. I'd like to say thank you again to Anthony for appearing. You'll be seeing a lot of him on the Football Worldwide channel with his Serie A roundup. Um, very excited to be watching that one when it does come around. Thank you again for joining us, Anthony, and your comprehensive um, analysis of the Serie A this season.
0: Anytime, boys. Like and subscribe, everyone. See
3: you later. Definitely. And, Jonathan, I think this is the perfect time to wrap it up. You will be catching us live weekly. Um, As the name suggests, European Catch-Up Weekly. We will be around. You will see us. Um, And, yeah, guys, as Ed just mentioned, like, subscribe. Let us know if there's anything you want us to cover. Let us know. One
1: more thing, guys, before we got a little bit of housekeeping before we leave. One new segment Bruno and I are going to bring into this show is called our one to watch. So that being the one game that we uh, want you guys to watch this weekend. Now, I'm going to take it this week, Bruno, if you don't mind. The one I think for the League One that you have to watch is Rennes versus Lenz. These two were right next to each other last year. There was um, nothing to separate these two teams. So that's going to be an entertaining game in my opinion.
3: Okay. Well, if that's your one to watch, I can't agree with that. I've got to say, I need to see, you need to watch the PSG game. Um, they're playing a newly promoted team, but they've got such a new squad with such star started lineup. they should be putting on a clinic and it should be something entertaining for the non-League league 1 fan. Um, if you don't watch it, guess what? Football's back this weekend. That, I think, would be the game that will get hook, you hooked on the French lick. Anyway,
1: Guys, Jono. thank you for joining us for our first episode. It's been an absolute pro- pleasure. Please remember to like and subscribe, and we will catch you next week.
3: Thank you, and take care.
1: Take care. Ciao.